Welcome to the Muscle Nerd Podcast, presented by Lifters League, bringing real science to the strength community. Introducing your host, Gus Cook, head powerlifting coach of Lifters League, strength athlete, physicist, educator, and entrepreneur. Hi, my name is Brad, and I'm addicted to coffee. <laughs> See, I do fucking depressed about it. <laughs> All right, so welcome to the Muscle Nerd Podcast. This is Gus Cook. I'm head health and coach of Lifters League and I'm addicted to coffee. Um, hi, my name's Leonie Smith, um, assistant manager and, and strength coach here at Lifters League. Um, I don't know if I'd like to say if I'm addicted to coffee. You love your coffee. <laughs> I love coffee, it just doesn't love me. <laughs> hi guys, I'm Braden, the assistant strength coach here and I have a coffee problem. I'm very addicted to coffee. Leonie tells me off all the time. What was your famous what was your famous quote? Okay, so I think that coffee is the nectar of the gods. It can make a bad day a good day, and a good day a great day. <laughs> so, our stories. Do you have a story? Me? About coffee. Ah. Uh, well it doesn't work well with you. It doesn't work. I've got a very low tolerance to coffee. Um I don't even touch pre workout for the fact that I have a very low uh, threshold for stimulants. Um, these guys laugh because I call them a half strength and they call them a, a weak, a weak strength. Coffee, so that's one thing, one reason why I have it. Um, but I do have a threshold. I can have, uh, like I make a home, I make a coffee at home, which is just like a pod coffee, which is quite weak. And then I'd buy a store-bought one. I find the store-bought one is generally a lot more potent than the homemade stuff, if you just get like the pods of stuff. Um, so I can get away with probably two, like two of those sort of coffees. If I have one more, like, and that's like talking like a small half, then that tips me over the edge. I find that, well, I do get a buzz from it. So I definitely get a performance enhancement with that extra coffee. But I have trouble switching off at night, and then the next day, I can generally have a headache. So that's just one day, and I've and I've then I find the craving for it actually picks up very quick as well. So the next day, I'm already my body is already looking for that extra coffee when I have it too. So I'm very very um, aware that that extra coffee, even though it doesn't sound like a lot, actually has this cascading effect. There's a few things at play there. So it is a. What is it? I've ever written here. It is a it is a psychoactive drug, so it is a, it, it, it is it can be highly addictive. It is. Um, the next thing is that the the way we metabolize it got high. We get other uh, fast metabolizer of caffeine or a slow metabolizer of caffeine. I'm a fast metabolizer of caffeine when I can have a coffee or pre workout at six pm at night and still be in bed by ten and I'm fine. Mm. A slow metabol a slow metabolizer. You nearly extreme end of the spectrum. Um, where it just don't have that much stimulate you all night, yeah, all day, yeah, which would be convenient, yeah, be convenient, cheap as well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not only one you having coffee, yeah, I just finished mine, I've had mine for the day, for the day. I will, I will have an extra one because I've got touch football tonight, so I will have an extra one because I did find last week it helps. Um, but tomorrow, yeah, I'll just be aware that tonight getting to sleep is not going to be easy and tomorrow not to make sure I don't have that extra and then I get back on my little routine. 
So today I'm just going to try and talk about and educate people about coffee. Well, really, it's our justification for drinking coffee. <laughs> like, there are pros and cons, but we're just going to talk about the pros. Um, so we're going to be biased tonight, today, and we're going to be convincing about it. <laughs> um, first off, my, sh- my shirt says, drink coffee. Yeah. Therefore, it's religion. <laughs> no, jokes aside. Um, <laughs> recent, there was a recent study only a few weeks a few weeks ago published in the JAMA Internal Medicine. So I read this on Fortune magazine, and so they reviewed their study. Um, it starts with good news for coffee lovers, um, including those who indulge heavily. Yet another study has found a link between drinking coffee and longer life. I mean, if we can consider um, the pinnacle of health as longevity and living long, mm-hmm. then we justify it. Um, the National Cancer Institute stated that this study provides further evidence that uh, coffee, coffee drinkers can be a part of a healthy diet and offers reassurance to coffee drinkers. So the study itself was, itself was done on 500,000 uh, participants and the, the results uh, were, encu- were encouraging for coffee drinkers of all stripes including decaf, instant and uh, all variants of genes associated with uh, metabolizing caffeine which means every person who metabolized differently even yourself <laughs> um, even people who drank up to eight cups of uh, coffee per day um, drinking coffee was associated with lower mortality risk um, over the study over the study period compared to uh, non-coffee drinkers I think one thing to be aware though just um, to understand how the study was done so this was an observational study and observational studies that they compare one one thing to another so correlation we're going to understand that the uh, that there are um, uh, that there are flaws in uh, observational studies where you if we were to say how do I put it the uh, there's in in summertime so if this is an observational observation so and trying to draw correlation to conclusion that in the summertime there are more uh, people consume more ice cream mm. but there's also an increased rate of murders therefore eating, eating ice cream causes more murders mm. not the case um, so there's, those are some of the flaws with observational study so you have to try and draw conclusions but they can still be very powerful studies um, given given enough data um, further justification there was another another study uh, older study done but a very um, um, very good study done by the British Medical Journal um, so the objective was to uh, to evaluate the existence of evidence for associate for associations between coffee consumption and multiple health outcomes this was a umbrella review this is a review I was telling you about the other day yeah and what sparked this um, uh, this podcast an umbrella review or well, this umbrella review um, identified 201 meta-analyses um, so if people understand what a meta-analysis, meta-analysis is a meta-analysis is a study of studies so they correlate so studies uh, to uh, use study do experiments to find trends to work out what is what what is true a meta-analysis looks at well after you've tried to prove something uh, with an experiment you have to try and replicate it and replicating something it gives it more validation and proves it more and more correct meta-analysis 
gathers all those studies to see what the general trend of studies are going. This umbrella review identified 201 meta-analyses um, in one giant umbrella review. So you can pretty much state this as fact, where you know if, if, there, if there's an experiment that comes out, we generally would not change our protocols. If a meta-analysis comes out, we'd consider it. If an umbrella review studying that, all types of meta-analysis, study of studies of studies, it's pretty much a new fact that we can now use. Um, so the meta-analyses of both observational and interventional studies that examine the association between coffee consumption and any health outcome um, in any adult population in all countries and all settings. Um, so they looked at 27 unique health outcomes and, uh, um, and 17 meta-analyses of the interventional research with nine unique outcomes. So coffee consumption was more, was more often associated with benefits, uh, with benefits rather than harm for a range of health outcomes across all exposures. So more coffee, having coffee had more health benefits than risk benefits um, and benefit, benefited nearly, uh, gave nearly 26, no, 67 health outcomes. Okay. So let's just talk about, a little bit more about um, coffee, just coffee and caffeine in itself. So coffee and caffeine, I've always found myself, it's nicer to have coffee and train over isolated form of caffeine. So you have a, the isolated, but let's quote some studies for uh, and Androgynous caffeine. So androgynous caffeine is the isolated form of of caffeine. Um, so there's one study here that showed that uh, consuming androgynous caffeine, uh, form of caffeine, as opposed to coffee prior to athletic competition, is more advantageous uh, for enhancing sports performance. Um, and then the Journal Institute of Sports Society also reported that androgynous caffeine exerted a greater ergogenic effect when consumed in this state as compared to coffee. Uh, furthermore, caffeine supplemented from uh, a, a cup of coffee might be less effective uh, than, than when consumed in androgynous form. And coffee consumption prior to the androgynous supplementation does not interfere with the ergogenic effect provided from low to moderate doses. And all these, uh, those, all those uh, studies are all my blog. So I just quoted those out straight on my blog a long time ago. And that's still up on at uh, Muscle Note. Um, right, so let's talk about dosages. So to get the maximum ergogenic effect, we look at roughly six milligrams per kilo of body weight. So if I'm, I'm 135 kilos, that would be 800. 800 milligrams that's a lot so this is all going to be tolerance dependent so you can be intolerant right and you find that as a benefit you're not getting the maximum ergogenic effect you just have to dose the tolerance um, but you, you're you're not going to get the absolute so uh, um, so Leone if she wants the maximum ergogenic effect she'll have to have four 500 
milligrams of uh, caffeine, but she would not be able to tolerate. That should much. test that one day. I'd be killing people. We should do an experiment on that. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't mean it's not working or having its effects for her. So the low end of that spectrum is three milligrams per kilo of body weight. So you could get away with that's roughly three shots. Yeah, that's like my that'd be like threshold. That's the lower limit. Yeah, if that. So you'd say that for competitions. Yeah. Um, and there is no more benefit after nine milligrams of uh, caffeine. Um, there are studies showing that people could take it up to thirteen milligrams in endurance an endurance athlete, thirteen milligrams per day. Um, it's doable to sustain that uh, such a high dose, but wouldn't recommend it. Um, to get the most out of coffee, you need six to twelve shots to get the maximum ergogenic effect, and some of us probably do that. Yeah, we often push twelve shots, I reckon. Another one is actually um, this bit where people caffeine-induced, um, uh, caffeine-induced diuretic. The people think that uh, um, there's no scientific literature to support. Uh, to support this and uh, during exercise. In fact, several studies uh, have failed to show that any changes in sweat rate, total water loss, or negative changes in fluid balance. And it's funny enough, like I have read the vertical diet and Stan, Stan Everything has stated that it does water loss, but there's not much scientific studies to support that, support that claim. Um, and more and more keep coming out. I have heard a few more come out. Um, stating that there is no that does not have a diuretic effect on the body um, nothing against Dan as he does great work um, but studies and science change all the time so we have to change our we have to change our opinions and views on things as the world changes and we discover more and more information I had once thought the same thing once I came across the information I changed I had to change my view and that's been a good that's been a good scientist um, However, so with androgynous caffeine, we have this famous spiking crash mm. all the time, um, but doesn't tend to happen the same with caffeine or with coffee. And it's due to some phytochemicals, and I cannot name the phytochemicals, and I even read in my blog that I tried to find it. I tried to find what it was, where the study was. Um, but we can take it from experience that most of us do not feel the same crash and spike as we do on, on coffee or caffeine. It's definitely very different getting smashed, yeah. But there are phytochemicals in that, that uh, in the coffee that prevent that, that prevent the crash. It keeps a good steady level of uh, energy through training. Um, Lots of pre-workouts mix both sorts of caffeine as well. Sorry? Lots of pre-workouts have different sorts of caffeine in there as well. Like what? To try and they have um, the one you're talking about, whereas the anhydrous caffeine, and they have another caffeine. Yeah. Just the normal, but try and get the coffee one. I don't know. Yeah, as I noticed, if you look at the back, there's always multiple. Um, well, there's always the, because the phytochemicals would come from the, um, would come from the uh, bean itself. Mm. Uh, more of the nutrient structure of it that helps. Yeah. So you got you got you got you got your macronutrients, and you got your micronutrients, which is going to be your um, all the antioxidants and B vitamins and stuff that it comes with. 
coughing you, but then you've got your phytochemicals. Which phytochemicals is another level down to um, micronutrients. Now, micro the, these, these phytochemicals is what science knows very little about. Um, and there's still lots of research being done, but even when you try to isolate micronutrients into into a tablet form where you titrate a multivitamin, mm-hmm. it does not have the same effect. It's not as available or bioavailable to the body or usable by the body unless it's had with food as a, as a food source. You know, this also, when I talked about the meat, uh, uh, there's a, when I talked about meat, there's a, um, um, there's lots of phytochemicals in, in meat that is that where they like you can draw a correlation between red meat and amount of muscle you gain compared to having the same amount of protein but having it as from you know, a whey protein source mm. and comparing once again it's not exactly the same mm. red meat and the only way they can explain this is that yes the composition of amino acid profiles are exactly the same but the phytochemicals the things that we don't seem to understand are having a huge impact on our development yeah and it just goes on uh goes on even further so they say that these uh, phytochemicals is what's going to have an impact on us over extreme long term so put in perspective your macronutrients will affect you day to day you know after a few days of dropping carbohydrates you will notice a dramatic decrease of performance mm-hmm. micronutrients micronutrients will have an effect of you over a few weeks and a few months you'll notice after a few few weeks of not having your vegetables or your vitamins mm-hmm. you will start to crash and, mm. and then over and stuff as well and then over months you'll start to get more sick mm. and then start to develop diseases over the year mm-hmm. um, your phytochemicals is something that they've shown to happen over decades where the effect on um, on the cancer reducing effects of these phytochemicals impact us over many years I, I, I read something about this about avocado avocado has a phytochemical avocatin B and avocatin B had uh, um, showed that it helped um, well they, they isolated the former and tried to use it as treatment for leukemia and there's a lot of success for it right now um, so if you try to draw you try to draw a conclusion to that is that the long-term effects of exposure to to proper food with these phytochemicals that we can't replicate in the lab at the moment yet Mm. Well, we can with some of them. This is called nutraceuticals. So nutraceuticals is an isolated form of food which is used as medicine, but it's still not something that is highly really available to us. In the end, you can't cheat. You can't really cheat nature. Mm. Eat food. And even though we think a new something comes out with some new idea, it's pretty hard to follow it because it will only be another decade before that shows that nature still cannot be beaten. Yeah. So... Um, I got a question. So yeah. no dose. No so dose. how does this work into? Because I've never used it much, so I don't understand it much. How does this work into? So it's the same thing. It's an isolated form of caffeine. Yeah. Um, so the same sort of exactly, same dose protocols work exactly the same. I use no dose a lot. Um, so use once. Um, they're they're pretty accurate. It's 100 milligrams per 100 milligrams per tablet, and it's just a cheap way to have. So if you like, for example, if you had a client that may not like coffee doesn't drink coffee that would be a way that you could give them no, a dose hey pre-workout well yeah it could be a form of pre-workout for them where they're having to go and get an actual pre-workout with a heap of like i use no dose with pre-workout at my palatine comp yeah this is both um 
yeah, that that's fine. If they don't like coffee, then um, that's fine, and just work to tolerance. But also, if you don't like coffee, can you please stop listening to the podcast now? Go look at your life. <laughs> um, actually, one interesting one was the I found with um, it was really cool. It was a TED. It was a TED animation. Um, if anyone knows what the TED talks are, they're pretty um, uh, high prestige. Uh, talks or lectures with people who um, are experts in their field and one of the things they come up with was a coffee nap um, so a coffee nap is something to, that you would do in the afternoon so what happens in the what happens in the brain is that you build fatigue and um, you build adenosine so adenosine contributes to brain fog or fatigue throughout the day now adenosine um, attaches to uh, these receptors and the when you have coffee uh, the caffeine molecule fits in the uh, exact same uh, exact same receptor so it takes up receptor sites not allowing the adenosine to attach allowing you to basically it won't let you get it won't let you get fatigued now when you do this with a nap, when you have a coffee and have a nap, when you have a nap, um, adenosine starts to clear out of the brain. So not only are you reducing the adenosine and clearing out the receptor sites, but then you're now replacing those sites with caffeine, um, preventing fatigue, um, giving you this really a false sense of energy, but it'll allow you to keep, keep going. Um, 20 minute nap as well, wasn't it you said? Sorry? Like 20 minutes for the nap? Well, that's, you it, probably it, specify three hour nap, twenty minute nap. Quite it has to be a twenty, yeah, twenty minutes. Anything beyond twenty minutes, you'll start to, you can start to go into deep sleep. But most, for most people, it'll be enough because caffeine would have kicked in by then, and you'd be awake, pretty awake. Um, but also, a nap also includes just laying there, laying there with your eyes closed, not doing anything, is the same as having can have, have the same effects as a nap would. Any points you'd like to add? No, yeah. I just can't. I'm going to try it this afternoon for deadlifts. Anything I can add is just the experiences I've had with clients. And I've had clients on both extremities. I've had ones where, you know, they've had 10 to 15 cups of coffee in a day on a daily basis. And then I've had the other ones where they don't touch a single drop of coffee day in, day out. And I've seen the positive and negatives on both sides. So I think t- today's podcast was about an extreme biased view on favouring our justification for love of coffee. Mm. Um, but there are some of the negative impacts that we will look at where is there an over-reliance on coffee. I drink one cup of coffee a day, sometimes sometimes two. Um, sometimes three. I've never gone three. <laughs> I don't go three. Um... No, I go probably definitely most of the time one cup of coffee in the morning, and it's quite habitual for me. But it's not a over reliance. But I do notice the effects when I don't have my coffee. Mm. I don't know if that's a a a need for wanting the coffee or I don't think it is or a reliance on coffee. Reliance, I think. Either way, it doesn't bother me whether I'm addicted or not. Yeah, because I like it. If you just don't cut it out, it's not a problem. I had a chat with someone recently who just cut it out all caffeine mm. over the last month, and I asked her why she did it. And she said um, she didn't want to be reliant on it, so she's going to try and use like fresh food and sources 
But then my point to her was, if you do all that, eat your good food, and then add coffee, you're Superman. Brings <laughs> you next level. I think we can put this in the same stages as how we talk about the foundation, maintenance, and enhancement. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if you have a foundation of energy that comes from food, quality sleep, and you feel great, and you have a system to maintain this level of energy, then when it comes to enhancing, such as coffee, you can enhance your performance, enhance your ability mm-hmm. to do something. Um, but there is no point just focusing on enhancement methods such as caffeine all the time mm-hmm. if you don't have a foundation of uh, you know, good, sustainable yeah. energy. Um, if you were to take someone's coffee away, what would they be like? And this is some of the things that we have to address first mm-hmm. before we... Um, and those are some things we'll look at. If we have someone who has excessive amounts of coffee, we're seeing coffee all day, then that's a behavior, that there's some sort of behavior that they're trying to... that we need to try and address... Um, yeah. Yeah. Any more experiences with that? No. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, biggest ones I've seen. If it if it's quite a high caffeine intake, nine times out of ten, the basis of energy there. So that it's like number one, they're not sleeping. They're having late nights. They're getting up early. They're having busy days, and. Um, this is one example and instead of actually resting instead of sleep actually instead of actually letting her body feel tired and fatigued she would just keep having more coffees to keep going but as a petrol wheel it just ended up getting to the point where she crashed she um got sick got quite sick um constantly run down and it just became a habitual thing to keep going instead of stopping and actually addressing the problem i've seen other ones where it's been a lack of nutrition lack of food lack of calories coming in and then they turn to coffee to keep going, to you know, fill a void of hunger or to have energy so they can keep going where they should have been looking for their food source. Um, and then I've seen the other extremity where they don't drink coffee at all and reports of feeling lackluster in there, even though they're eating quite high amount of calories, got enough carbs, not overtraining, feeling lackluster in their session. So then that's where the implementation of having some sort of um, caffeine source um, he actually found a, a, a positive response in terms of being able to push through his session better. So I've seen both sides. Hmm. Another thing one point we always remember is that when we have these things, we always try and figure out the underlying cause of the problem. If you're not having a huge energy at the gym, why not? Um, we've got to remember this is an ergogenic aid, which means it does increase performance, not because of lack of energy, but because there are performance enhancement effects, just the same as testosterone increases the person's ability to perform. Um, this also increases the ability to perform differently than other performance enhancement drugs would. So it's a pet mm-hmm. performance enhancement drug. It's a legal one, and Asada allowed. Didn't it. it used to be illegal actually in the Olympics back in the day? I think it was at one point I heard. I it think somewhere. it was actually banned from the Olympics. They got caffeine tested. I, I haven't got any evidence right here, <laughs> but failed. I've definitely heard that. Um, they had they, they had they had banned a form of gluten at one point. Um, because there was a study showing there was a performance enhancement, so people yeah. had to watch out what kind of bread they were having. <laughs> and it got ridiculous. I think they got rejected after a while. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other story about PEDS. The same yeah. as the caffeine, obviously. Too hard to monitor. Who, who doesn't have caffeine these days? Like, in some sort, whether it's through, like, drinking a can of Coke mm. or coffee or... It's in everything. <laughs> i got to do a PED, a PED talk. Mm. TED talk, PED talk. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, cool. Happy with that? Yeah. Yeah, cool.